Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us wherever you get your favorite podcast. 31 degrees and mostly cloudy here, 308 in Northeast Pennsylvania on this Thursday, January 4th, 2024. How's everybody doing out there? Got a great show lined up for you today. Had something. You know, right off the gate, and of course, it gets thrown to the wind. A lot of things going on, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Uh, today, you're not going to want to miss the 4 o'clock hour. We have uh, Captain Kevin Miller, U.S. Navy retired, squadron commander of the gunslingers and f-18 squadron now who are out and deployed uh, to give us a rundown about uh, air operations and the air-to-air kills the first since 2017 in the red sea over the red sea so uh, we're going to have his expert opinion on what's going on out there what the day-to-day life is on an aircraft carrier for these pilots and these squadrons what the patrol duties are how they patrol how it works and give you some inside baseball on uh, our men and women over there protecting us and the American way of life. So you're not going to want to miss the 4 o'clock hour for that. You know, we have a lot of things today. You have the uh, the Epstein documents came out. Not really a surprise of, of much of anything. I know it's it's getting spun either way depending on who, you, who, you, who it was. I mean, they're throwing... Donald Trump's name in there, like, well, he was named in this in these documents. And there's 900-plus documents where he was named in it, uh, Bill Clinton was named in it, and they lump all the names together to make it seem like, oh, look, all these people were named in this documents. But the only two places that it uh, appears for Donald Trump was, uh, you know, a witness was asked, one of, one of the victims was asked, um, did you ever meet Donald Trump? Was he ever there? Did he ever go to the island? And she said no. So that's where it was named. That's it. Where... You have uh, Bill Clinton's name is mentioned over 50 times. And again, there's nothing, there's no incriminating evidence here. There's hearsay and there's names. Now, some of the names were a surprise. I mean, David Copperfield was one of the names there where he was down there and doing magic tricks for the young girls, uh, scantily clad at different places. You know, there were a list of names. And, and like I said, there's, there's dozens upon dozens of names. Some of the names people thought were there aren't there. Some of them are. But it, it's not a smoking gun. It's not evidence. I mean, there is the statement where one of the witnesses said that uh, they were told that Bill Clinton likes them young. That's hearsay. Uh, as damaging as you want to make it to be and as damaging as uh, you know any parent would think it is, it's still hearsay. It's not incriminating evidence. There are some redacted names, and that's raising a couple of red flags, you know, who the redacted names are. And, you know, there's a lot of rumors and hyperboil around it. It's really why I haven't... This case from 2021, it's already been settled. It's already done. This is just a, you know, an, an outsource of, of what's going to go on here. Now, if something comes of it, we'll see. But it's not really a bombshell smoking gun that it's being made out to be. And then you have places like the Ape Associated Press, you know, saying it's, it's, it's a nothing burger because it didn't say what they wanted it to say. If there was anything in there of certain people going to the island that they wanted to be there, if there's any incriminating hearsay, about someone they wanted it to be, of course, this would be a bombshell. Uh, but because it's not, it's getting that meh 
attitude from a lot of people. But it's happening. I want to mention it to you. Really not going to cover it in depth unless something really goes off the rails with it. Uh, today's more information is supposed to come out. So if something happens with that, it's going to come out. Uh, we did have that mass shooting in Iowa this morning at a high school. I did see the press conference. I was aware when it happened. I started monitoring it. And, of course, you have the people who want to politicize something like this immediately coming out and making it an issue. And like I cautioned them the last time, I already know who the shooter is here. They've already been named. They've already been identified. Their way of life has already been brought out based on their own social media platform. So I'd be careful if you're looking to spike the football on, you know, something against gun rights or something against, um, you know, whatever you're trying to make this to be. It's a tragic situation from a mentally ill person. That's what it is at this point. Uh, it thankfully happened before school hours, so um, they're not naming the victims. They're not saying how, as far as this, this afternoon, they didn't mention how many. It appears to me to be some something like a murder-suicide. They said there were multiple victims. They did not give a status. In my experience, that's not a good thing. Uh, so we'll see what comes out of there. But the shooter has been identified. Uh, it's very similar to one of the last shootings we had where... Um, you know, a lot of people jumped out in front of it, and like today, the, the press secretary already from the podium made a comment, and it's it's not going to—you wait till the facts come out. It's as simple as that. So uh, that happened, but just before I came on the air, about a half hour ago, I get an alert from Lackawanna County on social media, and this is their post. Lackawanna County. The Electric City Trolley Museum has been notified by the Steamtown National Historic Site that all employees and visitors will be required to wear a mask until further notice. The order comes down from the U.S. Department of Interior guidelines that require masking when hospital admission levels for COVID-19 are high. The CDC currently has Lackawanna County classified as high in their community risk level data. So there you have it. Northeast Pennsylvania, you have a federal agency mandating a location in Joe Biden's childhood hometown to wear masks again. After everything we've learned, after the science has been proven, hey, we're going to mandate you wear a mask again. So if you're planning to visit the Electric City Trolley Museum run by the Steamtown National Historic Society, as per the U.S. Department of Interior guidelines, you're going to need to wear a mask. If you're working there, you're going to need to wear a mask. So that's the uh, the news coming out. Just posted on their social media pages. I haven't checked their website, but it is on their Facebook page, Lackawanna County. It's on their Twitter page. What's your thoughts? Uh, if you were planning to go to Lackawanna County, and, and mind you, this is a time where we know the flu is prevalent out there. We know this RSV is out there. COVID, I'm sure, is bouncing around out there. Which variant, who's getting it, and what is beyond me. But uh, they've deemed this all to be COVID, and a mask is going to help you. We'll see. I mean, my if I was personally looking to go there, I wouldn't now. Just I'll, I'll wait till you want to do things a little better. Aren't we supposed to learn from our past mistakes? Aren't we supposed to... Uh, do things better. It's uh, interesting that we don't, but I, I just wanted to put that out there, let you guys know, guys and girls. When I say guys, I mean both guys and girls. 
So, uh, and I, yeah, I'm already getting it's election time. You know, they got to whatever they can do, whatever they can. Yeah. Is this a precursor to, uh, you know, the elections coming up? It's a little early. I mean, it is, it's the time of year where flu and everything else, colds, flu, RSV, it's just that time of year. I get it. But, you know, we've been there and done that. Is, 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 is anyone really seeing it bad out there? Is anyone really hindered in their day-to-day life because of, of this abundance of sickness in our area? And it's the CDC currently has Lackawanna County classified as high in their community risk levels. Eh. <laughs> do, do we really need to go down the same road again? We, we've done this. We've done it. And, you know, on one hand, you want to say trust the science, and on the other hand, don't. Listen, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But for a government agency to tell both employees and visitors, you must wear a mask after everything we've been through, I don't think you're going to get the same response this time around than you did the first time, even by force. I mean, something like this here, my, my first instinct was, well, if I was planning to go there, I'm not anymore. But is this going to continue on to other areas that the U.S. Department of Interior has oversight over? I just found it. I just found it uh, interesting that uh, a federal agency has already done mask mandates in uh, Joe Biden's home childhood hometown in 2024. Mark today. What's today? January 4th. So that's. That's the date on there. And it looks like a lot of you texting in uh, have the same opinion. Guess who won't be going there anytime soon? Well, this guy definitely. Um, it, it's, it's just mind-boggling. And, and this is at a time where you have the Florida Attorney General sent a, a notification to every resident of Florida that I guess is, is signed up for it. It was forwarded to me. I have it. It's lengthy. Basically questioning the entire validity of some vaccines and they're not giving some anymore in in the state of florida because of it he's saying there was a bait and switch as part of the testing routine and that it's it's tainted with uh i'm not going to use the 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 clinical term because i don't have it in front of me but i'm sure you can search on social media uh, the Florida Attorney General warning on COVID vaccines and read his medical advice because he is a doctor. He is the, the Surgeon General, not Attorney General, I'm sorry, Surgeon General of Florida. Just looking at some text messages coming in. I'll get to them in a minute. Now, there was this. A mob of over 100 looters smashes car through a Compton bakery. Now, this is L.A. It's Compton. But a mob of 100 looters, there was a big street takeover. You know, they take over the street. They start doing donuts with cars and everything and jumping on cars and, you know, all this lawlessness because, you know, why why not since they're allowed to do it in places like California? Well, this mob of over 100 looters smashed a car through the Compton Bakery, a bakery, during this street takeover and uh, ransacked it. And this was at about 3 in the morning. And they stole everything in the bakery. Now, it, it seems by the description, it's, a, it's more of a bakery little shop, it seems. It's not just purely a bakery like we know it here, where it's you know just breads, cookies, cakes, and stuff like that. It looks like they had drinks and lottery tickets. It, it was more of, it seemed like a convenience store slash bakery from the description. 
They didn't, there's, no, there's not really pictures except for the vehicle smashing through the front of it. But they back this stolen Kia, and we all know that, you know, the Kias and so certain Hondas are getting stolen because of a TikTok video that showed how easy they are to steal. So they're stealing them, joyriding and smashing them up, doing smash and grabs like this. But it kind of defeats the entire purpose of, you know, certain politicians and certain people who who uh, want to say, well, they're just, they need milk and bread and they need baby food and diapers and, and such like that. They're all teenagers. They're all young. Men, women, Hispanic, black, white. It doesn't matter uh, through all the surveillance pictures. And it does look like more of a convenience store slash bakery. They ransacked the entire thing. There's very little left. I mean, including the loaves of bread, but everything else, too. It's Ruben's Bakery and Mexican food. So it was a, a little bodega-type uh, bakery. But 100 people have, were counted inside. There, there was a mob rushing in and out, taking everything, you know, from little mats that go in front of your sink to lottery tickets to drinks to the food to chips to the register itself, to electronics, scales. I mean, they literally took everything. But um, we've allowed this lawlessness to happen. We've allowed it to take place. And it's literally mayhem. And this is, you know, 100 people just, they've already taken over the street. They're already jumping around, doing donuts and everything like that. But they have to attack, you know, probably one of the places in their community that they shop all the time. You know, it looks like a little convenience store located right on the block. Destroy it and take everything. Why? Because why not? And, you know, and the best thing people in this situation can do is get your insurance money and move. Set up shop somewhere where you're going to be welcomed, where you're going to be protected, where you're going to be thanked for being there every day, for being open late on days when somebody does need baby food or milk or bread. That's what you need to do. And when they have to now walk five, six, seven miles when they have to go to the next neighborhood somewhere else to find their groceries, maybe they'll learn to either keep their kids in check, keep their teens in check, or keep themselves in check because they'll see how life is when it's inconvenienced for them. So we're going to talk about a lot more today, but I wanted to touch on this where, you know, who smash and grabs a bakery? It's uh, 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 326, 31 degrees outside. Got some text messages. Says, Rob, I'm confused. If you can go into the trolley museum, you can't go into the trolley museum unless you go into, unless you have the, unless you have a mask on. Isn't that run by the same people run by the Steamtown Train Museum? I guess you don't need a mask. For there, under substantially more people that visit the train station and visit the Electric Trolley Museum. I'm just going by what it says. It says the Electric Tro City Trolley Museum has been notified by the Steamtown National Historic Site that all employees and visitors will be required to wear a mask until further notice. That's how it was put out. That's how I'm, I'm sending out to you guys. Another text messenger. I personally know 12 people who tested positive for COVID in the past two weeks. Cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze isn't fringe science and protects those around us. I agree. When you cough or sneeze, you should be covering yourself inside your elbow um, with a handkerchief or whatever you have. Wearing a mask has been proven really not to do much of anything. And scientifically, it's proven to do absolutely nothing. Even the N95 masks, unless they're fitted, even a respirator, unless they're fitted and, and worn properly, do very little. But hey, if you want to wear a mask, that's fine. But the, the fact that you personally know 12 people three years into this, 
that have tested positive for COVID. I would assume some of them have already had COVID. I would assume some of them are vaccinated. I would assume some of them are boosted. Some of them boosted several times. Doesn't that tell us something else about the whole sham that's been going on? And again, I add that with the recent advisory by the Florida Surgeon General. So, yes, of course, when you sneeze or cough, if you're not feeling well, by all means, stay home. Take care of yourself. Is it a reason to go back to this uh, mask thingies that are, are, come on, kind of stupid? But if it makes you feel better, wear it. My issue is them telling us we have to wear it. Uh, And again, to enter these federal properties, I guess, or federal-run properties. Well, the Pennsylvania Treasury touts uh, some cost-cutting and return of military medals, which uh, that's what caught my eye on this, before they even cost savings, which, uh, you know, I commend them greatly. With the start of 2024, the Pennsylvania Treasurer wants residents to know how it's cut costs for taxpayers in 2023. I'm incredibly proud of what our team accomplished in 2023, Treasury Secretary Stacy Garrity said in a press release. From the setting records by returning unclaimed property to cutting program fees and earning a huge new honor for the PA 529 program, and even a victory at the U.S. Supreme Court, Treasury is doing more for Pennsylvania taxpayers than ever before, and we're committed to working even harder in 2024. The court case refers to a dispute with Delaware that ended in March, netting the Commonwealth $20 million in unclaimed property mostly uncollected checks that Delaware had kept instead of returning. Hmm. Don't we know somebody from Delaware that's also from Pennsylvania that maybe could have, you know, intervened somehow, uh, moderated, arbitrated, uh, you know, this return of $20 million without going to the U.S. Supreme Court? I guess not. It's states, though. Really little to do with federal government, but I'm sure if you're powerful enough, you could kind of sit down with people and say, hey, let's figure this out. Garrity also touted large deposits into the state's rainy day fund, which holds enough to fund the state government for 48 days. A whole 48 days? This is a leap year, so there's 366 days this year. I was uh, re-educated on that by my son the other day. About $6 billion in case of an economic downturn. The Independent Fiscal Office predicts that uh, we'll face a fiscal cliff in just a few years. So the Pennsylvania Independent Fiscal Office predicts that we'll face a fiscal cliff in just a few years, Garrity said. Now, that's the state treasurer saying this. Just like Pennsylvania planned for emergencies with their personal finances, the state must build its reserves. In November, the Treasury created an investment pool for the Rainy Day Fund to boost returns. Basically, they're taking the money in the Rainy Day Fund and they're investing it at whatever percent interest to build it. Smart move, as long as it's safe investments. The state's reserves, Garrity argued, helped Pennsylvania get financial outlook upgraded on Moody's from stable to positive in September, something which Democrats and Republicans alike claimed credit. The 529 program sets lets families save to pay for their children's education costs, but it tends to be used by wealthy families, with the vast majority being in urban counties. Garrity noted that Treasury 
had made $11 million in fee cuts to lower costs for families who use the plan and also cut fees for PA-ABLE accounts, which helps disabled Pennsylvanians save more. One more personnel level, personal le- on a more personal level, almost 90 military decorations were returned in 2023 to veterans and their families, including five Purple Hearts from Treasury's unclaimed property vault. It was a special honor to return five Purple Hearts this year, four to the families of veterans and one to the veteran himself, Garrity said. One that was especially meaningful was connecting with the family of the late Adrian Kronauer, of World War II veteran who was shot in Germany. His uniform button saved his life. Now future generations of Adrian's family can honor his legacy with the Purple Heart he was awarded for his tremendous bravery. Good work by the uh, Pennsylvania Treasurer. I'm glad they gave this information out to us. Great these veterans' families and veteran themselves got their Purple Hearts and their medals back. They were well-earned and well-deserved. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. You know how much I just want to keep letting that play, Jake, don't you? I sure do, Rob. (laughs) Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 3.38 here in Northeast Pennsylvania. 30, uh, did it drop down? 31 still? 31 degrees outside. I got a text message. Rob, if masks don't work, why are hospitals now requiring masks for staff and patients? Um... For liability reasons, not science. And that's that was my answer. Simply look at the side of a box of paper surgical masks, and it clearly warns does not protect against viruses. So, yes, it's for liability reasons. So if anybody catches something, they can't say, well, I caught it here. Well, we took all the precautions. We got these air scrubbers in our systems. We have this. And, and didn't we spend billions upon billions of dollars to upgrade the infrastructure of places all around, hospitals, schools, government buildings, everything like that, with these, you know, scrubbing HEPA filter virus getters and and all this stuff. But, I mean, I, come on, I think we learned the, the message from uh, from some of these masks. You know, if you want to wear a properly fitted N95 mask, even that really doesn't give you much protection over a virus. But I'm sure it does something. But those cloth masks that most people are wearing and even the paper surgical masks are probably as good as you putting your arm in your sleeve when you cough or sneeze. As simple as that. And it's probably less harmful to you personally because you're just breathing in that garbage that's stuck in your mask for as long as you wear it. A little off topic, but let me go to the phones. We have uh, Norberto from Scranton on immigration. Norberto. Hey, how's it going, Rob? I've been uh, listening to the show listening to your show for a while now um and uh, i just i just can't believe the uh the mass immigration that's been been going on in this country i feel like this administration is literally actively facilitating like illegal immigration um i also wanted to add that um my grandmother uh came to the united states from the dominican republic in the 70s because um, she wanted a better life for her kids and herself, and eventually um, she she got a job and she became a nurse, and she worked really really hard to break because she had to leave her kids behind in the Dominican Republic, so she had to work really really hard to slowly bring them over. 
um, and you know they all have dual citizenship. And if if my family can do it legally, uh, you know other other people can definitely do it legally too. But you know this is insane. I've never seen anything like this. It is without a doubt manufactured. I mean, just look at the pure numbers. There's more people coming over um, than any other time in my lifetime. Probably it sounds like your lifetime as well. Uh, the, yeah. the mere fact that it changed from year to year, from one year to the next, from 2020 to 2021, this just, it was night and day, and it's gotten worse every year since, and, and it's 100% correct. The, the, the laws are still the same. The laws have not changed. It's the willingness to uh, in, implore them. It's the willingness to enforce them. It's the willingness to uphold them. Some of the policies have changed. Some of the policies remain the same, but using agents to process illegal migrants rather than and keep them from coming in to begin with are two separate things, and that's what they want to conflate and change. And again, I, I'm in 100% agreement. Our, our border policies, our border laws, immigration reform needs to happen, but that cannot happen until we secure a border. Uh, yeah, no, nah, um, totally agree with you. It's it's just crazy. I've I've never seen anything like it, but there's not only just Hispanics that are coming through. There's Chinese people, there's uh Africans, Middle Eastern, um and it's kind of just making me wonder like what's going to happen um when the uh, next uh administration um steps in. Not even the next. I don't think it's an administration issue. I don't think they care what administration is in. They're coming here for a reason. And like you said, there's a 900% increase in military-age Chinese males coming here, the influx yeah. from Africa, the influx from the Middle East. It's, it's, there's a lot of experts in this field that are a lot smarter than me in it that say they're here for a reason. They're sleeper cells. They're this. They're that. And the mere fact that we've had more people last year alone on a terrorist watch list than they have in an entire decade before that— Scares the hell out of me. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I totally agree with that, too. Um, I feel like things are probably going to get pretty scary. Um, well, who knows? Who, you know, we'll see. But um, oh, We'll I, definitely see, but hopefully it's not as bad as the. You know, it could be. Yeah. No, um, I, I myself bought, you know, a gun, um, and I'm just, you know— uh, I, 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 it's it's mainly for you know just my my protection or you personal know, if protection anything. is always a good thing. Being trained and 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 know how to use it is always a good thing. I always advocate for that. But uh, hopefully it never comes yeah. to that. Hopefully you never you know in, in my thirty years of being in law enforcement, I never had to fire my gun at someone. So hopefully in in your time being a citizen here in Northeast Pennsylvania, you don't have to either. Yeah. No. Um. Real quick question. Uh, you're from New York, right? Originally, yes. Yeah. All right. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm from Long Island, um, and I just I kind of wanted to ask you real quick. Um, uh, have you heard about uh, any of the, the people that uh, supposedly apparently committed suicide from uh, looking at uh, Anthony Weiner's uh, laptop? No, I have not. You haven't heard anything about that? No. No. Okay. All right. Well, then never mind then. All right, Norberto. <laughs> All right. Thanks for All checking right. in. Th Bye. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. It's uh, 344 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 349, 348, 348, 31 degrees here. Getting some breaking news in an upper Manhattan. Now I'm getting two different stories. One story saying that two trains have collided near the 96th Street Station. 
And another story is saying a train had its emergency brakes activated near 96th Street. Both directions, 1, 2, and 3 trains are holding in stations, so there's a major delay. Expect delays on the 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 trains. Uh, that's a major thoroughfare for north to south New York City, Manhattan. Um, I'll keep an eye on this. Uh, again, one saying that the brakes are in emergency, and again, anyone in a train car can pull the emergency brakes and screech the train to a halt. But some uh, news reports are saying that two trains have uh, bumped into each other or rammed into each other. No no reports of injuries or anything at this time. But uh, just looking at that now, I thank the texter who uh, turned me on to that. But I, I jumped on my uh, New York City apps and uh, contacts there. And there is something definitely going on there. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Well, I want to read this story with con- in conjunction with the story I just told you earlier from the straight state treasurer here in Pennsylvania. Area unemployment rates remain at record lows. Great, great story. The seasonally adjusted unemployment rate for the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre-Hazelton area, metropolitan statistical area, remained at a record 4.2% in November. And this is from the State Department of Labor and Industry announced Wednesday. Now, Pennsylvania's unemployment rate held at a record low of 3.4%. So our area here still has uh, almost a percentage point higher unemployment rate than the rest of the state. Still good for us. The national rate decreased two-tenths of a percentage to 3.7%. So we're just above the national rate. Pennsylvania as a whole is just below the national rate, average rate. So it's a good thing for our area. But take this news here with the caveat that the state treasurer said we are headed for a fiscal cliff in the next two to three years, which is why they're stocking the rainy day fund. So it's a good thing. It's optimistic for now, but they're warning us something's coming. So keep that in mind. If you are one of those unemployed now, Hey, man, work hard. Do good at your job. So hopefully you're not one of the ones let go if something does turn bad with your company. Take pride in your work. Do the best you can. And, uh, you know, push forward on that. But it, it is good news for our area because of the reduction in taxes on uh, federal tax on our gas. Our gas has come down, I believe, 10 or 15 percent, 10 or 15 cents. So that's a good thing. It is still higher, and I'm still going to go with the the stance of we're doing less worse. Now, two years ago, we were doing very bad. We were doing really worse. We're doing less worse, but we're still doing nowhere where we were in 2020, 2019. So it's improvement. Improvement is good, but just because it's improvement doesn't mean we're doing good. It means we're headed in the right direction. We're still above where we should be. Things are still cost more. Inflation is still higher. Everything is still more than it was in 2019, 2020. You know, I I saw an interesting study this morning when I was going through my my economy papers from some of the websites that I look at with that. And a, a lot of people on the left, a lot of Democrats, want to blame Donald Trump's tax breaks for corporations, for people, for whatever. Uh, they want to blame inflation on that. They want to blame the deficit on that. For every year 
Donald Trump was president, we took in more and more income from taxes as a whole. And that's continued through the Biden administration. The difference is through the Biden administration, we've also spent more as far as towards the deficit. Now, COVID was COVID. That was a bipartisan effort. Anyone who wants to try and pin that on Donald Trump or Joe Biden is is naive and disingenuous. It was the entire legislature's doing. And it's an anomaly that we haven't faced in, in our lifetime. So that happened. But it continued to happen and continued to happen and continued to happen. But the argument that our deficit is $34 trillion because Donald Trump gave corporations and, and did tax cuts during his administration. We took in more in tax income every year there. It was just putting things in, in perspective. And, and I think if we're going to have a conversation, and even if we're going to argue about it, it needs to start from a place of fact, not fiction. So we need to realize that, that no, those breaks didn't stop the flow of taxes or income to the federal government, which is how it totally relies on. It increased every year by a lot. The difference is we're spending almost a trillion dollars every three months in the past year, in the past year and a half. That is unsustainable. That has brought us to $34 trillion in debt. So little, uh, little tidbit there. I mean, somebody asked me, did I really say a 900% increase in Chinese males coming over? Yeah, I did. Uh, unfortunately, that's, uh, that is accurate. And uh, even Tom Holman, you know, confirmed that and said it himself uh, when he was on last week, the week before. He was on in the last week or two. Uh, one other thing that we can look up, uh, look, look up to, look forward to, I guess, uh, in, a, in a sarcastic way is the Pennsylvania Turnpike tolls go up this weekend. And uh, so be prepared for that. Starting Sunday, January 7th at 12.01 a.m. It's going to cost a little more to travel on a turnpike. Um, most easy pass holders will see their rate jump from $1.80 to $1.90 while drives go uh, by plate route will see an increase from $4.40 to $4.70. Something to think about. I would get your easy pass on and make sure you have a pass on your car. It's, it's 3.55, time for the Bloomberg. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Uh, you're not going to want to miss after the 4 o'clock hour. Again, we have uh, Cap US, U.S. Navy Captain Kevin Miller, best-selling author, was the skipper of the Gunslingers and F-18 Super Hornet Squadron um, that are deployed now. Uh, he's retired, and he's going to give us a rundown of uh, what's happening in the Middle East. Now, I saw this today. U.S. warns the Houthis to cease attacks on Red Sea vessels or face potential military action. Well, they've shot at uh, four of our ships— We've had a dozen or so interactions where we've had to take them out. They've shot at us. Uh, at what point do we consider that attacks? And are we just going to say, keep saying, well, don't do that again, please. Uh, don't do that again, pretty please. Um, we really mean it. Don't do it again, please. We'll be back after 4 o'clock. Uh, well, we've got a little more time left. Let me see. <laughs> I, was, I was a minute ahead of where we were. So, uh you know, we're going to talk about air operations. We're going to talk about what's going on with the carriers out there. We did have two carrier battle groups. Um, one of them 
the USS Ford is returning back to Norfolk. Uh, it has been replaced with the USS Bataan. And uh, we're going to see what that entails from the experts that have done it, that have worked in that area, that know that area very well. We're also going to talk about their uh, the third piece of their trilogy, Raven 1 trilogy, uh, Fight Fight. And uh, I'm in the second book now, and I'm looking forward to Fight Fight. So hopefully I get a little preview when we talk to uh, Captain Miller about his books, because the first one, Raven 1, was outstanding. My son, who's an F-18 pilot, is riveted by uh, Raven 1, because he's into the first book now. I'm already half, almost done with the second book, and looking forward to the third. It's 4 o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show.